Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and for all the love and support and the great feedback so far. We hit 21,000 downloads in only a little bit over a month of launching our podcast on Christmas Day. And I am just so grateful for you guys for showing up for me, for sharing the podcast, for just being here listening. So thank you so much again for your support. Today we are going to talk about how to align yourself with brands. Uh, This is a very popular question and it's become more popular now that I've solidified my relationship with Joyco. People are asking me, how did you make that decision? How do I make the decision of what to carry in my salon, what to promote as a stylist? People are asking me a lot of questions about how to have a relationship with brands. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of people have had a lot of not fun relationships with brands. So we're going to talk about everything today and I hope that by the end of this podcast you feel confident in how to select a brand for your salon and who to align yourself with so you can live an amazing life inside of the salon and outside of the salon. So it affects everything who we align ourselves with and I'm glad I am here to share this information with you and I hope you enjoy it. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Gina Bianca Podcast. All right, all right, everybody. Let's get right into it. So when it comes to aligning yourself with a brand, I first want to talk about as human beings, how we kind of subconsciously work with anybody, even a brand or a a business, a company, Uh, any relationship, we as human beings need a few things in that relationship in order to stay, right? So uh, some of those things are we need to feel seen, we need to feel heard, and we need to feel valued, right? So we need these three things in our relationships. And I'm going to give you uh, some examples, uh, very, very personal and real examples. And it's kind of hard to share stuff like this because it's like, how much can I actually share? But I'm just going to share it with you and whatever happens, happens, okay? So when I was a salon owner and I was working behind the chair, I was about 24 years old and I had been cranking out content on Instagram, on Facebook, on Periscope, on every app that I possibly could, on YouTube. I had been writing out step-by-steps and getting featured on Modern Salon and Behind the Chair, and I was really working hard in the trenches uh, while promoting uh, Paul Mitchell, which was the brand that I had gone to school with them. I was a Paul Mitchell-focused salon. I was uh, definitely a lifer when it came to Paul Mitchell. And a lot of people know that I am Paul Mitchell, like I love Paul Mitchell, right? And I still do, and I always will. Uh, But it came to the point in my journey as a salon owner and as a stylist where I really wanted to feel seen. And I was using this brand for a very long time, for almost seven years, you know, really, really long time. And I couldn't even get a like or a comment on Instagram. Now, little did I know, they weren't really using Instagram that much. And they weren't really, like, engaging as much with people in the trenches as they were with consumer. 
Now, this is a very long time ago. So I was getting frustrated and I told my rep multiple times. I was like, can they at least like my photo? Can they share my girls? Like we're working so hard. Like we want some appreciation. We want to be seen. We want some street cred. Uh, you know, we're promoting this nonstop to not only the customers, but on social media, which is huge, you know, and I saw the value of that at 24 years old. So about five years ago when Instagram was like just happening and I was really pushing to be seen and to be exposed for all of the hard work that we were doing in the trenches. And my rep was very awesome. She listened to me. She was just like, let me let me talk to them and let me, you know, let me figure it out for you. So time went on, time went on. Um, and the next part of, you know, reiterating like, hey, you know, I'm really looking into other brands who have a bigger impact on social media. That's a big value of ours here at GBH. We really want to be recognized on social media. I want to give my girls opportunities for education. I really, really want to grow. Um, so I shared my concerns again, you know, so... I was struggling that I didn't feel seen, so I shared these twice, three times, multiple times, and then I wasn't really heard because the brand that I was working with, their values didn't align with mine when it came to social media and exposure and growth in that sense. So after that, when I didn't get uh, what I wanted pretty much, um, when my goals weren't being met through the brand that I was carrying, um, when I didn't feel valued, we did make the decision to bring in multiple other brands and we weren't a focus salon anymore, which was huge for us because that's what we were for the longest time. So uh, all of that and it really came down to I wasn't feeling seen, heard, or valued from that brand. And it's nothing against them. It's really just those weren't their values at that time. And my relationship with that brand is what it should have been for that time, right? There's no need to hold it against anybody. There's no need to burn a bridge. I love that company so much, and I always will. Uh, that's where I w learned everything that I know for the most part when it comes to you know my foundational learning. And uh, I loved being a focus salon. However, when I grew out of it and I wasn't seen, heard, and valued, I had to make a decision to align myself with different brands. So after this point, this is kind of where I started making some mistakes. And I'm going to let you guys know a few ways kind of not to pick your brands. Uh, and the first way is to... Uh, you know, do the opposite of what I, I, I wanted really, which was I wanted to be seen, heard and valued, but I really was focusing more on the scene. So I was going and looking at brands who were huge on social media. So we were looking at Pulp Riot. Uh, we were looking at, I can't even remember going back, but we were looking at pretty huge brands that were like huge on social media at that time. Um, Guy Tang, My Identity, like they were just picking up and we were really just looking at brands who were huge on social at that time to try to get them into the salon. And of course the girls loved it. Everyone was really excited. Everyone wanted to try new stuff. And a few people actually shared with me, they were like, hey, like I'm really glad we switched it up because I was getting really bored. And I was just like, wow, good to know. But you know, they had that loyalty to the brand too so no one really wanted to say anything so I think it's always good to kind of reevaluate where you're at and make sure your stylist feel seen heard and valued right so anyways 
I started looking at brands who were huge on social media, um, who were run by really young people, uh, and I really didn't like look for brands in a way that I would now. So um, basically, what I want to share with you is there are a few ways to align yourself with a brand. I'm going to give you five. And I hope that, uh, you know, you at least consider these things before you jump into a brand relationship, because I'm going to share with you later, there are some little, like some bright sides of working with brands. There are some dark sides. So I'm going to share that all with you um, before this podcast is over. But first, I'm going to give you five ways for you to align yourself as a salon owner or as a stylist with the uh, brand that's best for you, right? So here are the five. So the first tip that I can give you when it comes to aligning yourself with a brand is you have to go off of your core values. Now, if you have not discovered what your core business values are, what you stand for in business, or what you stand for as a stylist, the first step is going to be really deciding and committing to a set of core values. Uh, For me, the biggest core value for me is healthy hair. Joyco's uh, uh, slogan is the joy of healthy hair, right? So one of the biggest things I stand for as a stylist is healthy hair. So for me, I want to make sure any brand that I associate with is going to have healthy hair at the core of all of their technology and the core of all of their uh, marketing, right? So if your values in business, if your values as a stylist are kind of all over the place, or if you can't recite those values uh, right away, then that might take a little bit of time to really decide like, hey, what do I stand for? What kind of clients do I want? What is my business standing for? What, what values are pushing me and driving me forward, right? Now, if you are like, how the fuck do I figure out my values, Gina? Um, (laughs) We have 10 tickets left to our Tabitha coffee class on March 22nd. Uh, Well, it's me and Tabitha. I keep saying the Tabitha coffee class, but it's me and Tabitha teaching that day. And I will be teaching my core values exercise, which is going to help you and your business discover what your core values are. So first off, go off of your core values and figure out what you actually stand for. And that should be the first thing that helps you decide what brand to work with. Okay, number two on how to align yourself with the right brand. This is the number one question you're gonna ask. All right, number number two question. Number one are what are my core values? Number two, what is actually in your shower? What do you actually like? Okay. Now, if you want to do a little exercise with your team, if you're a salon owner, this is a fun exercise to do. You can give them all a piece of paper and say, I want you to use your amazing photographic memory and I want you to write down everything in your shower. And you'll be surprised to know what they're using. So I always had really young people working for me. And when new products came out, they were obsessed, like they needed them now. And I I remember doing exercises like this or asking them what they wanted. And nine out of 10 times, the things they wanted to use were not on my shelves. Uh, And it was a a struggle for me because I want to be consistent with my customers and I really want to have a consistent brand. But 
also I want my team to be happy and I want staff retention as well. So you have to kind of come up with what's right for you as a business and as a brand if you're a salon owner with what you're going to carry. And what we ended up doing is we did opening orders of some of the biggest brands that we could um, and we would promote and then we would really like focus on them for a quarter and then we would run a report of our top 15 products and then we'd kind of get rid of everything else. Uh, be able to do open uh, orders if we needed to. Like if a guest needed something, we could always special order it. But basically what we would do is we would have four or five brands and we would have the top selling items and multiple quantities of the top selling items. So we would have like 24 of a popular leave-in conditioner instead of having four, right? So we would never run out of our top selling items. And when our stylists really got into the product, they would use a lot of the same things all the time. So I always had to make sure that it was in stock for them. So people support what they help create. So don't forget to ask your team if you're a salon owner and don't forget to ask yourself, what is in your shower? What do you actually use? So that's number two. Number three, I'll be surprised if a lot of you guys know that this even exists, but most brands offer some salon support. They are just never asked for it. (laughs) So a lot of the time, if you didn't know this, the brand's job is to set the salon and the stylist up to win. They have so many tools, so much support, so much education available to you, you have to ask. So one of the things I would say, if you're trying to align yourself with a brand, one of the questions you can ask your rep or one of the questions you can ask the brand is, what kind of salon support do you offer? So that's number three. The next thing I would consider when it comes to aligning yourself with a brand would be their overall social media presence. So for me, that's a lot. Uh, I really want to see a solid aesthetic. I want to see a clean page. I want to see somebody posting on it multiple times a day. I want to see somebody responding to comments, and I want you to respond to my DMs. Those are what I need from you as a brand. So if you're a brand listening to this, uh, you know, at the end, I'll give you a couple tips on how to keep your influencer, stylist, and salon owners happy. But one of the biggest things is their social media presence needs to be existent. Like they need to have one. Uh, and if they look like they're just checking off the boxes, they probably are. Number five, you're going to want to take into consideration the overall interaction that you have with that brand. There's a lot of different ways you can have interaction with a company, and I talk about this a lot in my classes, and I talk about a lot more in my business classes, but the overall interaction that you have with a brand could be calling the 1-800 number, talking with your rep about a challenge that you have and how they handle that challenge with the brand, DMing them seeing them at a hair show how do their people react to you how do their people respond to you you know what does that interaction look like character is what you do when no one's watching so it wouldn't hurt to do your research and test out the overall interaction of that brand am i wrong so now that we got that out of the way a couple of ways for you to align yourself with the right brand you know if you're a stylist or a salon owner Uh, The main thing comes down to, are you going to be seen, heard, and valued by this brand? Are they going to see the hard work that you're doing? Are they going to support it online? Are their reps going to see what you guys do behind the chair and relay that information to the brand? Do you have salon support? Is it something that you guys love, that you guys want to promote, that you want to share? 
Are you going to have beautiful visuals in your salon, beautiful shelf talkers? Are you going to get samples for your customers? Can you do a gift with purchase for every customer? Let me tell you something. These brands have so many samples that if you just asked, you'd be able to do a gift with purchase the same way Ulta does, right? Do they do anything with social media? Because if they don't, you're not going to do anything. If social media is not important to the brands that you're using, you're not going to do it. If social media is not important to the salon that you're at, you're not going to do it, (laughs) right? The overall interaction you have with the brand is so important as well, you guys, because character, like I said, is what you do when no one is watching. So you've got to test it out. DM their number one influencer they have and see the overall interaction that you get. That'll be a good way to decide. Would you have a beer with them? The people who love and support that brand, would you have a beer with them? Would you hang out with them? If you seem like you have nothing in common with these people, that should be a big red flag that the brand is not for you, right? All right, so let's talk about influencers, educators, and spokespeople. We'll talk a little bit more about the light side and the dark side about working with brands. Amazing. So I've been getting so many messages from educators and influencers asking me how to close a deal with a brand. And the first advice that I give every educator, every influencer is this. The first thing holding you back from any deal is thinking that there is no other deal. Okay. So think of Lady Gaga, like her ex-boyfriend or whoever the fuck he wasn't said that she would never be famous singing. And she said, one day you won't be able to walk into a coffee shop without hearing or seeing me right? (laughs) Sometimes we have to have the balls to walk away from something, right? Because if you are clinging on to one thing always, even if it's something that you've always wanted, if it doesn't feel right, you have to walk away. And when you walk away from situations like this, when you walk away from deals that are not making you feel seen, heard, and valued, it is a win, Okay, so it is a win, even if you think it's a loss at that time. I walked away from something that I thought was a huge mistake, and it turned out to be the best possible thing I could have done. In the moment, I was feeling super upset and really like annoyed, but I'm so glad that it all happened that way because there was another deal. Okay, there's always another deal and it doesn't have to happen five minutes later, right? So the one thing holding you back from any deal is thinking there is no other deal. So if you're an educator, an influencer, a spokesperson trying to get signed with a major brand, just know there's always another deal. There's not one thing in this world that you're meant to do. We're all meant to do a million things in this world, right? So realize that you have leverage. This is another tip is we all have leverage. Uh, A lot of the times we don't realize we have leverage because brands and a lot of the people we're working with are so much bigger than us, but they wouldn't be wanting to work with you if you didn't have something they wanted, okay? Another thing that you have to think about also is we are the connection to the consumer. We are the connection to everybody for them. Uh, And a lot of the times brands have such a huge voice that a lot of people don't trust them. So we are that link for them. So a lot of the things that you have to understand is that you have value, you have leverage, and there's always another deal. 
don't sign something that is going to go against your values, make you not feel comfortable and confuse your followers uh, because you just want to deal or you just want to be signed because it's the biggest thing that you can do that's going to hurt you. Right. So I'm going to go in and talk about the dark side of brands going in, you know, and, and starting. That's a perfect segue for that, I think. Um, the first thing with a brand that you guys have to understand is influencers, educators, spokespeople, we are fighting the same battle that you and, uh, and we were fighting with clients when it came to our value with pricing. So the same conversation you have to have with a customer explaining why a gloss adds value is the same way we have to speak with brands about why X, Y, and Z has value because a lot of brands don't understand. So we have to sit here and fight and explain and do all of these things that really make us feel like, oh shit, like, do we even matter? Right? So we have to market and push ourselves just as much as you do. So just because you're working with a brand doesn't mean everything is all easy. And it doesn't mean things aren't the same as being a stylist. It's kind of just a different playing field. Imagine working in a salon with stylists who are like a little bit catty, a little bit of an ego, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then imagine working with a brand and having coworkers that are the same, right? It's just a different playing field. Everything is just bigger. The paychecks are bigger. The egos are bigger. The clicks are bigger. All of these things are just, it's just a different playing field, right? So the thing that you have to realize with working with a brand is we're fighting the same price, uh, fighting the same fight when it comes to proving our value and proving our worth. Number two is there are egos and clicks everywhere, everywhere. I've worked in brands where the egos and clicks were so bad that I had to get out right away. I was like, I can't be associated with these people. Get me out of here. I was like, ah, I cannot be with these people, right? You have to remember just because you're on a different playing field doesn't mean it's not all the same, right? The next thing, number three, the dark side of brands is there could be some disrespect from people in the industry if you label yourself as an influencer, right? An influencer is simply somebody who helps people make buying decisions. Me using Joyco Defy Damage is just letting you know that I'm using it. It's working. It's not hurting the customer. It's helping the customer. Uh, if you did want to buy something that's a bond builder and that will increase your tickets, this is a great product. That's what I'm doing for you. I'm just letting you know that if you did want to buy this, somebody you trust is using it so it's safe to buy, right? That's my influencer relationship with Joyco. That's as, that's as far of an influencer as I see myself. I'm not influencing people to do or buy things that aren't good for them or that won't help them. So a lot of people think of influencer as a dirty word. So a lot of people, myself included, have this weird relationship with my title and my word and those things because I'm like, do I really deserve this? Do people really respect me? And the truth is that not everybody will respect you. Not everybody will give you that recognition that you might want. And that is okay. You're not here to make everybody happy, right? So number four is you can potentially lose your identity with a brand if you don't have solid core values in place to start with. So it's critical, critical, critical that you start with your core values. 
five, one of the most common fears from an educator or spokesperson when signing with a brand is they're afraid of being filtered or censored. And let me tell you something, you guys. I'm way more careful when I'm on stage for Joyco than when I'm on stage at one of my classes because you never know who's watching. (laughs) So I'm not going to lie to you as much as I have a potty mouth when I am working with Joyco as their global salon business expert. I'm not going to be dropping F-bombs on stage, okay? As much as you guys love that sometimes, I'm going to be super mindful of how professional I am working with this brand. So I wouldn't say it's the dark side. I would actually move it to the bright side, but these brands are going to polish you as an educator. So at times you may feel like you're being filtered. If you're working with the wrong brand, you might feel like your job is to shove product down people's throat. You know, if you don't feel seen, if you feel like you're kind of being molded and your job is to just push product and you don't feel like your true self can come out, that's a huge issue. However, I wouldn't be mad about a brand polishing you and teaching you to be a more professional educator. So it's a double-edged sword. Number five, being filtered as an educator could be good, could be bad. You just got to know where that line is, right? Number six is not everybody loves that brand. And we kind of talked about that earlier. You're not going to make everybody happy, but that's not what you're here to do. I was thinking about it the other day when, you know, everyone was talking about JLo's Super Bowl performance and so many people were were upset about it. And I was just like, you know what? It just goes to show you that if 50% of people love you, if 10% of people do not fuck with you, another 20% of people are like, what the fuck are they doing? And another 10% of people are like, you're ride or die people. You're doing a good job. Not everybody's going to love you. You kind of want to be pissing people off and having them be like, what the fuck are you doing anyway? That's going to keep them interested in you, right? So you don't always have to be like perfect. However, you don't always have to make everybody happy. That's not what you're here to do. I think you guys are going to love this podcast. I'm so excited for it to come out. So now that we talked about the dark side of working with brands, I want to talk about the bright side because I wouldn't have signed a contract with a brand if it was awful, right? So I'm going to share with you candidly why I chose to sign with Joyco, but I want to share with you the bright side of working with brands too. Number one is there's a huge income potential. This branch of our industry and this job opportunity in our industry given to us purely by social media gives instead of one person the opportunity to be a brand spokesperson, it's giving multiple people the opportunity to tap into influencer marketing and to work with brands and expand their income. It's a huge income potential and it's amazing to elevate the beauty industry to have an opportunity like this. The bright side of working with brands is that they're giving us this opportunity right? For this income, for this growth, it's a huge bright side and we're all thankful it exists, right? Number two is career advancement. A lot of people, me included, may feel like what's next? I didn't realize that the next 10 years of my, you know, business could be as the Joyco global salon business expert. That title could set me up for the next 10 years, with respect to the global reach that Joyco has. 
that career advancement for me is huge to be recognized by a major brand with major educators and with so many people attached to them that they would attach that title to me. So that career advancement is huge. It is a huge bright side of working with brands. The next one is professional training. These brands are the brands that they are because they've been around the block and they've tested their systems and they've grown their training programs to where you are going to be getting some of the best training that money can buy. Uh, It's incredible the amount of training that you can get from a brand and it's a huge plus side. Next would be a bigger impact and global reach. We can only reach so many people by ourselves and getting put on a platform that a brand gives us is a huge way to expand your reach and to reach target markets that you might not have had access to to begin with. Number five, one of the biggest things for me is the pride and accomplishment of having a brand at of these levels see you, (laughs) hear you, and value you. Um, It makes me really happy that I got a deal with a company who does make me feel seen, heard, and valued. Because I wouldn't feel the same pride and accomplishment if I signed with just any brand. I could have signed with multiple other brands who did not make me feel seen, heard, and valued, and I wouldn't feel the same way. I would probably feel resentful. I would probably feel tired. I would probably feel like imposter syndrome. I would probably feel a lot of different things if Joyco didn't meet those needs for me. The next one, number six, is they have bigger resources. Brands have big resources that could make your dreams come true. Maybe something you thought could never happen might happen because that brand has the connection and resources that you didn't even know were there. So even though there's some dark sides of working with brands, I feel like it all comes down to how you are as a person, your core values, and you know your level of knowledge when it comes to doing things like this. So I'm glad this podcast exists so I have a place to share this with you. And I really hope that you know after listening to everything, you feel comfortable picking a brand to help you grow and to help your business grow. Before I leave, I want to share with some brands a candid little, you know, blurb, you know, from me. If you want your people to work really hard for you, if you want them to play like athletes, you have to take care of them. This is a salon owner. This is a brand person, whoever. If you want your people to perform like athletes, you have to take care of them. How you can take care of them is by making them feel seen, heard, and valued. If you want to make them feel seen, try following them, looking at their accomplishments, engaging on their photos, engaging on their content, checking in with them, asking for feedback, really taking the time to notice what we are doing for you. Because if you guys didn't know before, you know now, brands need us just as much as we need them. So if you're a brand, you want your people to feel seen, You want them to feel heard. If they give you feedback about things that you might not want to hear, I would still listen. You know, I would still come up with ways to take your business and your brand to the next level. 
when dealing with influencers, when dealing with spokespeople, when dealing with people who are in this line of work, it, it might be good for you to research how to deal with those people. I had a company send me a letter that said, Dear Influencer. I was like, wow, I have a name, I thought, right? If you're a brand, it's not all about the flashy things. It's about growth. It's about aligning yourself with the right people. It's about seeing their accomplishments and seeing what value they bring, hearing their feedback, hearing what they think needs to happen in the brand. Even if you can't do everything, just when people feel heard, it's different. When the leader is listening, it's different. And as far as value goes, I'm going to just say it. We aren't stupid. We know how much shampoo and conditioner you sell. We know these things. So instead of insulting us by paying us in product, maybe we can get it together. <laughs> because, you guys, we know. We know how much money is made. We know we're not dumb. And I'm not trying to start a mutiny, but somebody has to say it, okay? Somebody has to say it. I'm really grateful I found a brand like Joyco. Uh, I explained to them what I felt my value was. They couldn't agree more. Everything that I've shared with them about the future that I want, they've built a program and a contract around. Uh, anytime I've given advice or feedback or any concern, they've always listened to me and, and right away, you know, did something, took massive action to make sure that, you know, that was addressed. And I'm really grateful for them, and I'm really grateful for the resources they provide, for the education they provide, uh, the fact that their products are so reasonably priced, the fact that they're available everywhere, the fact that they're easy to educate on, the fact that they're centered around healthy hair. It makes sense for me. And not to mention, their social media game is on point. The people they've chosen to represent them are on point. It, it just fits for me. So if you are curious about it, I hope I answered your questions about my partnership. And if you've ever wondered as a salon owner or a stylist, how the fuck do I pick a brand to represent or who should I really be promoting? Or if you've always wanted to be an educator, spokesperson, influencer, I hope that this podcast gives you a little bit of insight on that. And I hope you just feel a little bit more comfortable than you did before. So I hope that you guys have an amazing day. Don't forget to write a review or leave a rating. But most importantly, take a screenshot of this and share it on your story. It's so important to share this free education, you guys. Free, free, free education. This is more information that you'd hear in a class. It's so much. And I work really hard to provide it for you. So please share. And thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for listening to the Gina Bianca podcast.